Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We really believe the next 35 minutes will help you. We pray God speaks to you through this week's message. Um, last week, as I said, we did a practical message on prayer and fasting. Um, I'm going to run through some things really quickly and then we'll get into the rest of the message for today. So this is what we discovered last week about prayer and about fasting, mainly about fasting. Number one, uh, what is fasting? Well, it's not a diet. We discovered that. Jesus said, when you pray and when you fast. And uh, he said that it's something that we should do. It's not a diet. It's a spiritual discipline. And uh, you go without food for a spiritual purpose. So fasting is not a diet. We learned that fasting is not to earn favour. Wouldn't it be a sad thing for people here this morning to believe that when you begin to fast, that that gets you favour with God? No, you have favour with God. In fact, when you gave your life to Jesus, all the favour of the Son came on you. You're clothed in His righteousness. So you have favour upon you. That's how it is. Fasting is a different thing. So it's, uh, it's not to earn favour. Um, what is fasting? Well, it doesn't put God in debt. You know, I remember God spoke to me one time. He said, Ben, you don't fast to bend me to your will. You fast to bend yourself to my will. So you don't get to fast and then say, right now you need to do what I say, God. Wouldn't that be a crazy thing to believe? That when you fast, that you can basically get whatever you want and now he becomes your servant. No, it doesn't quite work like that. And we learnt that fasting is not for the crazies. It's not for the fanatics. It's not for those uh, really extreme Christians. No, fasting is just something that we're supposed to do. Fasting is something that every Christian is supposed to do. It's a spiritual practice. And if you read through the Bible, you'll see that for uh, thousands of years, people have been fasting. In fact, every major biblical character fasted. And, uh, and they've continued that practice for uh, you know, the last 2,000 years since Jesus came. So fasting, uh, there's many, many purposes for it, but it's not for those. It's just it's a spiritual discipline. So let's look at that this is what it is. It is refraining from eating food for the spiritual purpose of aligning yourself with God. And that's what we want to do as a church. We want to get into what God's doing and, uh, and align ourselves with Him. Uh, this is what the Scriptures say about fasting when it comes to Matthew chapter 6. It says this in verse 16. When you fast, by the way, just a little tip for you this week. When you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites. And they were the Pharisees, you know, who uh, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting may be seen by others. In other words, they want to look so spiritual. They want to tell everyone about it. They're looking hungry. Please, this week, don't disfigure your face. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Oh, please wash your face this week. <laughs> that your fasting may be seen by, uh, may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in heaven, right? So by your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So your Father sees this spiritual practice, but He sees it in secret. So you don't walk out and tell everyone that you're fasting and leverage sympathy and all the rest of it and don't disfigure your face and please wash it. You fast and God sees what you do and He sees the contents of your heart and it means something to Him. So we refrain from eating food for the spiritual purpose of aligning ourselves with God. Now, I um, had a number of questions this week 
Here's what you can do. You can fast one meal. You could fast two meals. You could even fast three meals. And if you have more meals in your day, you could fast those too. Don't, don't fast brunch. We don't really count that. You can't say I'm missing brunch. By the way, don't fast between 11 o'clock at night and 6 a.m. in the morning. That's sleep. So you have to, it has to mean something to you. Remember, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. So I was inundated with questions and I thought that I'd do some research and find a great clip that is going to explain to you everything you need to know about fasting. Let's watch that clip. I think fasting's awesome. I mean, where else can you combine spirituality and dieting all in the same way? I mean, I think it's a bound wrap, pound for pound it does. You know, people think it's for monks or supermodels and stuff like that. But I'm here to tell you it's for everybody. Last summer, I had a 20-year reunion slash barbecue slash swim party to go to, and I done but had to drop about 85 pounds. So thanks to fasting, what has two thumbs and look good in a swimsuit? This guy. Thank you, Jesus. Fasting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's great to uh, skip a meal or two so you can hear God's voice better, you know? Stay plugged into Him. Yeah. You know, some people uh, fast from phones and music and gadgets. What? That's, that's not a sacrifice. That's, that's not even biblical. I mean, that, that's crazy talk, you know? I mean, God gave us this stuff so we could stay plugged into Him. Maximize our lives. It also keeps us busy enough to never be still or quiet. Are you even a Christian? I dare you to fast from your phone for one minute. Fine. Minute. You got it. No biggie. I don't care. I probably should take that. I fast. Okay, that's a total lie. I don't even fast at all. Okay, I want to. Another lie. Don't even think about it. Deal is, I'm hypoglycemic and diabetic, and that's not even close to the truth at all, okay? Hey, even the Bible says, he who hopes dies fasting, right? Right? Okay, Benjamin Franklin said that right before he died. Bottom line, fasting makes me hungry. Are we almost uh, done? Hello! I'm Brett Johansson, and I believe that fasting is one of the greatest spiritual disciplines one can achieve in their faith. When my family or friends invite me to go to lunch, I gently remind them and passive-aggressively admonish them by reminding them, did you not get my fasting notification email? Oh, that I had the luxury to eat lunch like you do. <laughs> Every year around Easter, I go through a 40-day fast to heighten my sensation of the Easter holiday. This year, however, I've decided to tack on 10 extra days. <laughs> so by the time we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, I will have been fasting for 50 whole days. If I survive. 
in my fast, I have a very rigid schedule. And if you do not have a rigid schedule, then God does not approve. Some people like to cheat and they drink flavored waters and juices within the fast. You must be drinking unfiltered well water. And if you do not drink unfiltered well water, God does not approve. In the afternoon, I put a cone of silence around me. I do not talk to anyone. Yes, that does annoy people. Yes, it does anger my coworkers. I am persecuted within my fast. And if you are not persecuted within the fast, God does not approve. When I get home, I go straight to my prayer closet. I do not talk to my wife. I do not play with the kids. I let them fend for themselves. And if the kids do not fend for themselves and the wife does not get talked to, God does not approve. You know what? I'm going to ask nice one more time and then I am not in control of what happens, okay? So give me the phone. Okay, fine. I need the phone. I, I need to call. Um, no, you want to Did everyone find that helpful? I feel like you know more about fasting now. And uh, with the, after that educational uh, video and instructional video. But uh, look, to be honest, there are uh, many different ways that you can fast. And we saw some of those ways in that video. You can fast and do an absolute fast. And uh, that's no food, no water. I spoke about that last week. You might want to get some medical advice before you do it. You can fast uh, food and just um, drink, drink liquids. You can uh, fast technology if you want to. You could do what's called a Daniel fast and just eat vegetables. There's lots of different ways for you to fast. But the one thing that I think I want to make really clear is that fasting brings breakthrough. If you get one point today, please let it be that one, is that fasting brings breakthrough. How many of us understand that when you're closest to your biggest miracles, when you'll face your biggest opposition? You know, right before you're about to break through is when you get all that opposition that comes against you. And I don't know what your week has been like this week, but I've spoken to several people who have had massive opposition come against them this week. And fasting absolutely allows you to break through. See, I've found that opposition can come against you in many ways. Opposition can come against you and it comes in very practical ways. So it, it just looks like things aren't quite working out. You know, it just looks like you know, too many bills came in at once. It just looks like or feels like things just aren't happening the way that you want them to. And you can't quite put your finger on it, but something just doesn't seem right. And one of the things I've really discovered is that when you feel like you've just got some natural opposition that's happening in your life, you understand that sometimes spiritual opposition can be behind the curtain, sort of pulling the strings as a lot of people that face spiritual opposition, it simply presents itself practically. And you might be going through a season in your life where practically things just don't seem to be working out for you. We're praying and fasting for people to get breakthrough in their finances, for people who are out of work to get work. And sure, it all looks circumstantial, but sometimes the circumstance are a result of what's spiritually been taking place. Let me tell you a great story about this. There's a man in the Bible, his name is Daniel. And Daniel has been taken into captivity. Uh, all of Israel has sort of been taken into captivity. And so Daniel decides that he's going to do a fast. So he fasts for three weeks. 
Three weeks he goes with uh, his drinking water and he's eating food, but this is why they call it a Daniel fast. He's just eating uh, vegetables, but no meat and no delicacies. He said that he didn't have any wine, but he's just sort of eating steamed vegetables. He does this for three weeks and he's, he's just praying to God and, and seeking God's heart. Anyway, him and his buddies are out one day and they're by a river. And suddenly this angelic being comes down. And as the, as the angelic being comes down, that they, Daniel sees it and the other guys can't see what he sees. He sees the being come down, but everyone's going weak at the knees and the strength is sort of draining from their body as you might be if you saw something as magnificent as what Daniel saw. And, you know, when this being comes, it opens its mouth and it says to him, Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Man greatly loved. Daniel was fasting for three weeks and he hadn't had an answer. Have you ever prayed to God and hadn't had the answer that you want? And what do you conclude from God's lack of speaking to you? Have you ever prayed and just encountered brass heavens? Their prayers go up and they feel like they, they hit something and they come back down. Have you ever asked yourself the question, is God even listening to me? Does God even care? about what I'm going through. You know, Daniel could have been led to think that. So I love what this um, angelic creature says to him. And it says, Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Hey, just because God hasn't come and answered your prayers just yet doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. What a sad conclusion it would be to come to that place where you think God doesn't care about you just because you haven't received the breakthrough that you want. Practically, spiritually, let me tell you what was happening. When that angelic um, creature begins to speak to Daniel, he says, do you know that from the first time that you opened your mouth, I was sent to you? And while I was coming to you, I encountered the prince of the kingdom of Persia. The prince of the kingdom of Persia was demonic opposition. It was a spirit that was over the city of Persia. And so he said, I was sent to you the moment that you opened your mouth, but I got stuck um, because the, this, of this demonic opposition that was resisting my breaking through. And it wasn't until the archangel Michael came and helped me to fight this battle that I was released to come to you. And so now finally, here I am. The point that I'm trying to make is sometimes demonic opposition prevents you from getting the breakthrough that you want in life. And you can conclude all kinds of things. You can conclude that God doesn't care about you. You could conclude that God doesn't love you. But we get to read into this story that what's happening is something, something is preventing that breakthrough. And I'm saying to you that what was God's desire in that and, you know, was to send someone to come and break through straight away, only that it encountered that opposition. That story is one of the most incredible stories you'll ever read. It gives you insight into that heavenly realm. It gives you insight into something that we don't ever get to see. See, fasting causes God to break through into your life. Fasting causes God to break through into circumstances. Fasting causes God to break through even over cities. Even over cities. I mean, entire cities have been transformed by people fasting. I want to read to you a story. It's a, it's a bit of a longer story, but this is well worth the read comes out of Second Chronicles, it's chapter 20. And uh, if you didn't bring a Bible today, no problem. I've got that on the screen. If you don't like to read, just sit back and relax. I'll do all the work. It says this. 
after the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with some of them, the men, the, the, I've read that as Menuites the first time I read that, and it sounded like someone that I should be able to order food from, but it's not, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is Engedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. The, everyone, he proclaimed the fast for everyone, and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord and all the cities of Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, and he prayed. And afterwards, after he had prayed, it says, Behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us. They reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you've given us to inherit. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? Tune into this for yourself. For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Hey, someone's got to pay attention to this point right here. Sometimes there is a great, feels like a great horde is coming against you. And when it happens, what are you going to fix your eyes on? What are you going to look to? We heard that scripture from Esther this morning. Where does their help come from? It comes from the Lord. Where are you going to put your eyes? They said, we don't know what to do. We're stuck. I mean, we've got three nations that are rising against us. What are we going to do? How are we going to be saved from this? We have no idea what to do. But I tell you one thing, our eyes are fixed on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Everyone's fasting. You're probably thinking to yourself, fasting, are you serious? Don't you get physically weak when you fast? Wouldn't it make more sense to eat the right foods and strengthen your body so that when you go into battle that you'll be able to fight? It doesn't make sense to get weak right before the, the battle comes. You go to swing a sword and you lose your strength. That doesn't make sense. It says all of Judah was fasting. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon just so you know, when you become a, a, a pastor, you don't get special privileges to learn how to pronounce all these things. I wish that God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I knew how to do that and I don't. So let's just run with it. So Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Madaniah, uh, a Levite, the son of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all Ju Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. So he's now speaking to the king. He's saying, everyone, you need to listen and pay attention to what I'm about to say. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down to them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. Tune into this. You will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. 
You do not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord. There are battles that will come to you and you absolutely cannot fight them because you cannot see them. And there's not much that you can do about it. And you might interpret your circumstance as just being practical and unlucky when really something more significant is happening. And that's why the Word of God says, having stood stand. Because sometimes when things come against you and you don't know what to do, sometimes the only thing you need to do is raise your hands. I've stood I've done all I can do on my own. There's no way that I can fight this battle. I can't do it. I'm out of my depth. If you have not had a battle in life that's out of your depth, just wait five minutes or maybe pay attention or zone into what's really happening in life because everyone in life goes through battles that's completely out of their hands. But what if the battle was not yours? What if the battle, instead of you fighting things on your own, what if the battle became the Lord's? Wouldn't that fill you with courage? What if the battle, when you're out of your depth and you have no idea what you're going to do, what if that became God's battle? Stand firm, hold your position, see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the Korathites and the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice, as you, as you would if, you, if that was going to happen to you. And they rose early in the morning and they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe in the prophets and you will succeed. When we says prophets, he says, believe in the word that God's given us. Believe in that word and you will succeed. And when he'd taken counsel with the people, get this, here's his battle plan. You ready for this? Here is the battle plan to destroy three nations that have come against them when they're weak because they've been fasting. You ready for it? Oh man, the worship team is going to be so excited about this. Hey, He appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise Him in holy attire. They got dressed up for battle that day in their praise. And as they went before the army, and they, this is what they said, they said, Give thanks to the Lord for His steadfast love endures forever. Can you imagine being three nations ready to go to war and what comes against you? People clapping and singing and praising. You would be thinking they know something we don't. They're pretty excited about something. We're, they're about to be killed, but they're real happy about it. I mean, what, what are you going to conclude? And that's how they lead. I love that they lead with praise. Your praise will Ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. That's enough of that. I do like that song though. There we go. And when they began to sing and praise, when they began to sing and praise, can I underscore when? When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. 
For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they'd made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Thank you, Jesus. They show up for battle, ready to destroy Israel. Then they turn on each other. They kill themselves. I, I wasn't there. I reckon Israel was praising through the whole thing. I reckon they were going, this is awesome. They're still killing each other. You know, they're just, they're having a great day. Here they are dressed in holy attire, singing and praising God. Why? Because the whole army that showed up killed themselves. Man, isn't it great when you've got a God who fights your battles for you? Do you know what? If you think that that story is alone, that whole city was saved by fasting. Have you heard of the story about Nineveh? God sends a man named Jonah. Jonah tries to run away. Big sea monster swallows him, spits him up on the beach, makes him go back to Nineveh. You know why he didn't want to go there, right? Because they were bad people. Except God had mercy on them. So he sends Jonah. Jonah becomes a prophet to the city. And this is what they say. They say, all right, God's about to destroy this city. No one's eating. Stop the animals. Stop everyone. Because tomorrow we're going to die if we don't stop doing this. You know, unless God relents. So nobody's eating. The whole animals fasted. My gosh, who makes their pets fast or their work, you know, animals fast? I don't know. But these guys did. They were pretty serious. Guess what happens? God relents from destroying the city. Maybe that seems too ancient. Let me fast forward into the year 1940. Hitler and his forces are pressing in on northern France. 300,000 British troops are stuck and pinned down and they're about to be obliterated. They're about to be destroyed. How are they going to get them out? They can't win from this point, but how are they going to get them out? Winston Churchill was the prime minister at the time and they say, hey, If we try to rescue them right now, how many people can we save? I said, you know what? At best, at best, honestly, you'll save maybe 30,000. Quarter of a million people, 270 odd thousand people were about to be destroyed. The king calls a day, a national day of prayer and fasting. It says that the record books say that 70% of the country showed up to pray and fast that day. Inexplicably, Hitler delays his decision and doesn't order his generals to roll right through northern France. Do you know that the whole war could have been turned on that one point? And to this day, no one knows why Hitler did it. He just never gave the order. He's pressing in, he's pressing in, he's pressing in. And then inexplicably, he doesn't give the order. Do you know that they rallied so many shipping vessels and different you know, uh, uh, boats and so forth that they saved 300,000 people who would have been destroyed? Why? Because they prayed and they fasted and a whole city was saved. Because you know what? If they lost that point, they could have lost the war. And the whole city was saved. This is known as the miracle of Dunkirk. It's, it's, it's recorded as one of the most remarkable events in the war. And just so that Hitler couldn't get his planes off the, the ground, a great storm arose that day and grounded all of their planes. They couldn't even get their planes in the air to come along and bomb and kill everyone. A city was saved. Why? Because they prayed and they fasted and they got before God. You've got to understand this. Fasting causes God to fight for you because there are just some battles you can't win. There are things that you can't win. It's out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. 
This week I called um, Anne Broom and um, I said to her, oh, she's got so many great stories. And I said, give me a great fasting story. She said, okay, I've got one for you. She said, we tried to immigrate to Australia and for 20 years, 20 years, our application was rejected. And then God said to me, I want you to fast for 40 days and only drink water. She fasted 40 days and only drank water. Visas were approved. Immediately, visas approved. You're going to tell me it's a coincidence that for 20 years they couldn't get a visa. She fasts for 40 days and suddenly all by what chance? Are you kidding me? That's God breaking through. That's God changing circumstances. You know, even this week, you know, I have been wanting these just a small thing. I've been wanting these information desks at our information hub out there. I've been wanting these things for a year, but we just couldn't afford them. So we, we looked up how much it costs to buy them. And they had these really small little information desks that cost about 600 bucks. And I thought, well, we're not going to spend $600 on that. But, I, but I had, I'd been asking for, for 12 months. I put my name down a number of shopping centres and three days into my fast this week, I've been told no by everyone. I said, when you, when shopping centres, when you finish with your casual leasing desks, could you give them to us? Nope, they're sold off. You're not going to have them. We've already given them away. You know, three days into my fast, because I've been fasting for the last seven days, three days into my fast, in the middle of our meeting, a shopping centre calls me up and says, come take whatever you want. I mean, they're literally worth thousands of dollars. The small little ones cost 600. They cost a fortune. They said, just come have it for free. I mean, 12 months I've been wanting those things. I've fasted three days. If I'd have known that, I would have fasted 12 months ago. You know, hey, guess what? All right, fine. It's a small thing, but it works. I'm telling you that prayer and fasting works. So what battles do you have in your life? that you need God to break through because you can't win. What health conditions do you have? Now we're praying for finances. We're praying for people to have jobs. We're praying for divine strategy to break through into people's lives. But I'm telling you, in a a room this size, there are people with health concerns. There are people with marriages in trouble. There are people with all kinds of things and nobody knows about it. It's all secret. Let God break through. Let God break through. Let Him break through into your circumstances. Fasting causes faith to rise and it releases God's Word. Can I tell you something about God's Word? It always accomplishes everything it's sent out to do. Every time God speaks, something shifts and changes. You know what? That's why Jesus said, and we said this last week, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There are people in this room today that need a word from God more than you need your next meal. Don't eat yourself out of blessing. Don't eat yourself out of breakthrough. Don't let your stomach rule your future. Imagine if you discovered, you look back on your life and you realise that because you couldn't stop eating, that you just didn't get everything that God was willing to give to you. I'm telling you, God is willing to give to you and you just got to take control of your circumstances. Go without food for a little bit and see what God does when He breaks through. Let me ask you, how hungry are you for change? Really, how hungry are you for change? How hungry are you for things to shift in your life? You may not like the idea of fasting, but I know someone who hates it even more than you. I know someone who hates 
the fact that you would fast. He's called the devil. His name is Satan. He hates the fact that you would fast. Because when you begin to fast and when God begins to move, what is He going to do? Do you know how frustrating it must be for Him to sit back and watch you get blessed and blessed and receive breakthrough after breakthrough? He can't do anything about it. He can't stop God. He can't move God. He can't hide God. He can't do anything about it. He hates the fact that you fast. Because when you fast, let me tell you something, you get supernatural insight. You get supernatural insight. You know, the story of Peter being on the roof and he's fasting and he gets revelation that the gospel is supposed to go to the Gentiles. We live in that reality because Peter fasted back then. He receives supernatural insight. When you begin to fast, all kinds of things change. You renew your mind, you align yourself with God's thinking. You become more sensitive to God's Spirit. It causes you, and this is something, This I've never seen this in the Bible, but I'm going to say it here. I don't think I've ever said this before. You ready? You get some mongrel about you. You just get some mongrel about you. Do you know what mongrel it is? It's, it's tenacity. It's when you dig in. When life begins to push you around, get a bit of mongrel about you. Dig in. Don't just accept your circumstances. Don't just deal with it and lump it and say, this is my lot in life. Do something about it. When you start to fast, just like, nah, forget it. I'm holding on. I'm digging in. I'm not giving up. Nah, this is going to break. This will be the end of my circumstance or situation. Healing is coming. It's on its way. Man, get a bit of mongrel about you. Just get some fight in you. Don't just sit back and just take everything that's happening behind closed doors. All the spiritual opposition that you've been unable to detect, let it be unearthed, let it come out and let God bless you and let the enemy stand and watch while he does nothing about it. Man, only God can answer your hunger. What did I say at the beginning? I said, your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. There is a reward for people who fast. That's what the Bible says. There is a reward for it. Your Father in heaven will reward you for fasting. He rewards you. And it's not something that's locked up in heaven and when you die, you get it. How boring would that be? No, 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 no. no. It's here and now. You get a reward on earth for fasting here and now. You get breakthrough on earth here and now for the things that you're facing. So yesterday, I've been fasting the last week and yesterday, Sarah and I are praying into today. We've been praying for church all week. We've been praying for you guys all week. And I'm praying and as I'm praying, I said, God, I pray that your word would come like a hammer and it would smash the rock in pieces. When I said those words, it reminded me of something. I only discovered this yesterday. I've been fasting all week, led into a season of prayer and fasting. And when I said those words, I realized that 12 months ago, exactly 12 months ago, God gave me a word for our church. And I never shared it with anyone because I wasn't 100% sure of what He meant. One day I was praying, God gave me a vision and He placed a tool in my hands and it was a hammer. And He said, when my word comes, it's going to smash the rock in pieces. So, So that was the word that came to me. I thought that the interpretation of that word was that since the hammer was placed into my hands, was that I was going to bring some great word and that's going to help people. But I didn't feel comfortable to share it, so I kept my mouth shut. When you don't know what God is saying, 
hot tip for you. Keep your mouth shut. That's what I did. And as I'm praying yesterday, I said that, I said it out loud to Sarah. I said, Sarah, I, I can't remember when I wrote that down. Can you check? I'm going to check my, my journals. I've got an electronic journal. So I looked it up. It was exactly 12 months ago. Do you know what I was praying for exactly 12 months ago when God gave me that word? For breakthrough in people's finances. I was praying for transformation. I was praying for people to receive freedom. I was praying for all these things. And God said, I'm going to bring my word. So I thought it was me. I'm meant to bring the word. Here's what it is. The word that I bring is that God is about to bring the word. Do you understand what I just said? The word that I bring to you today is that God is about to bring the word into your life. And when His word comes, it's going to smash the rock in pieces. When His word comes to you, you, it's Him talking directly to you. When His word comes to you, every door that you've been trying and you can't seem to open, it's going to open. I didn't understand that God had been setting us up for 12 months. I had no idea. This only came to me yesterday. And I realised that God's been setting us up for a year. That for a year, I didn't know until now that it's been building towards this point. And that right now, people that want to receive breakthrough, that God's been setting us up. He's been setting you up. And just because you joined the church today or in the last couple of weeks or whatever, doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to you. You're here, so it includes you. And if you need the Word of God to begin to smash some things in your life, I'm telling you right now, it's going to accomplish everything that has been sent out to do. So what are you hungry for? Where do you need God to fight a battle in your life? Where is the thing that you're facing that's out of your hands right now? The thing that you can't do anything about? You can't fight it. It's a spiritual battle. How many of us understand that the, 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 the war that we face, it's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. But guess what? No weapon formed against God's people with prosper. He's bigger than that. He's greater than that. He's more powerful than your circumstance, your situation, that diagnosis. Guess what? He's got that. Your financial need. Guess what? He's got that. You've been knocking on a door looking for strategy in your business. Guess what? He's got that too. God has everything wrapped up. And when you pray and you fast, it brings breakthrough into your life. And God is setting you up. Can we stand together this morning? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.